It's Mike Stiles, and this is This Week in the Metaverse, your weekly newscast that keeps you up to date on everything that isn't real and yet is. It's February 6th. Let's find out what happened around the metaverse this week. Just for fun, let's kick things off with how much money Meta has lost so far on its metaverse adventures. Reality Labs lost $4.28 billion in the last quarter of 2022. That brings the division's total 2022 losses to $13.72 billion. Now on with the show. Nicola Sitrich at Android Central says something's going on at Meta that may or may not have to do with what I just reported. You know, Meta tends to buy game developers. They've got about a dozen of them. But now they're shutting down the games. Two or three Quest games, anyway. One of them a really successful one. Why would Meta do that? I know, that question gets asked a lot these days. Downpour Interactive, who developed Onward, is shutting down support for the original Quest. Okay, that's sort of understandable since Meta is working on Quest 3. But Echo VR also shut down January 31st, and not only was that a Quest 2 game, it was a favorite of many and one that offered one of the better VR experiences out there. There were over 10,000 signatures on a change.org petition to save it. But it looks like Meta would rather the developer, Ready at Dawn, work on something else. Meta said it's not a bad game, it's just we want those resources to go elsewhere. Like, uh, I don't know, maybe fixing Horizon Worlds? Player retention has been a problem for Horizon Worlds, and Echo VR was pretty good at that. Also, Meta-owned Unit 2 is closing Krata in March. That's a world-building game that's not unlike Minecraft. The player base for that one isn't huge, and the original platform, Google Stadia, has shut down. But still, there's a pattern forming here. Meta won't be dropping Quest 2 support, though. They've sold over 20 million of them. Just enjoy your Quest 2 games while you can. Let's talk about VR goggles. How do those darn things work? Usually it's a pair of stereoscopic lenses and an LED display screen. The lenses distort the image so it looks 3D, then sensors in the goggles track your head movement to coordinate what's shown. Easy peasy. Those of us old dogs who grew up looking at Star Trek reels and our Viewmasters pretty much got the picture long ago. But now some MIT people and additional university people around the world have figured out how to arrange pixels to produce much higher resolution. This is good because it means far more lifelike images rather than Zuckerberg's legless cartoon standing at that weird Eiffel Tower. The teams say that you wouldn't even be able to distinguish virtual from reality. For higher res, the pixels have to get smaller and smaller, which makes them hard to make. But they're especially valuable when the screen is right near your eyeballs, like in VR goggles. Right now, LEDs are made like silicon chips. You need red, green, and blue versions side by side and perfectly aligned. These people grew their diodes right on reusable wafers of silicon and other materials to produce single crystalline membranes that can be stacked and cut into patterns of tiny vertical pixels that give you a full spectrum. Come on, I can't make that any more clear. You may have heard there's a big NFL game on this weekend that I can't even say the name of without getting sued. But I'm going to anyway because this is a news story and I'm making editorial reference to it. Yep, my lawyer's giving me the thumbs up so I can proceed. Well, in advance of the Super Bowl, Sander Lutz at Decrypt tells us the NFL is planning its first ever virtual Super Bowl concert. 
What you'll get is the music and motion-captured movements of hip-hop star Saweetie on Roblox starting February 10th. It's free and will happen in Roblox's Rhythm City, which was built by Warner Music Group. Now, if you miss it, don't worry. In fact, they're making it very hard to miss it because it will replay 31 times every hour on the hour like a hip-hop cuckoo clock until Super Bowl Sunday. It's being done with developer GameFam and is sponsored by Intuit. Those same companies also helped the NFL make NFL Super Tycoon, another Roblox experience that lets you pretend to be an NFL team owner. You manage the team, cash flow, payroll, taxes, customer acquisition, and even public relations disasters caused by your players. Now, I added that last one. It's not in the game. This isn't really Web 3 or the Metaverse. It's a traditional Web 2 game built around a closed ecosystem. So forget I included it in this podcast. But Roblox has 57.8 million daily users compared to Decentraland's 10,000. So you go where the people are. If you want your relatives to be able to chat with virtual version of you after you're dead, your dreams of fake immortality appear to be just a little closer. Maxwell Stakan writes in Vice that the founder of Somnium Space says AI and chat GPT is moving so fast that this reassuring yet creepy virtual experience is probably only two years away instead of the previously projected five years. Arthur Sykov said OpenAI's chatbot has been integrated into his Somnium World metaverse, creating a virtual assistant that offers a faster development of Live Forever mode. That's what's going to let you store the way you talk, move, and sound so that when you're dead, your relatives can have conversations with an AI-driven virtual replica of you. Think about how Superman was able to see and chat with his dad Jor-El in the Fortress of Solitude. Of course, try not to be offended if your surviving daughter would rather talk to a fake Harry Styles than you. You know, it wasn't even Somnium that put ChatGPT into its world. It was a user. And all they did was ask ChatGPT how it could be integrated. It delivered an amazing starting plan which, when tweaked, worked frighteningly well. Sykoff says next is figuring out how to store all the data recordings needed for the fake dead people to converse at a natural speed. Boy, dead people really need to pick up the pace. We don't have all day. Are you in a wonderful, committed relationship, but thinking about cheating on the person? What a playa. But as it turns out, all you need is a virtual person to flirt with you to make you realize how lucky you are to have the real person you're with. I know that sounds confusing, but apparently... Research is proving this to be true. Garrett Birnbaum reports in SciPost.org that these researchers researched inoculation theorizing, which says that exposure to a weak threat can build self-control by letting you seriously consider resisting temptation. Take being on a diet. A not-so-great temptation like an old stale cookie may make you more aware of your long-term priority of losing weight. This, in turn, raises your guard faster when you face a bigger threat, like a warm, fresh cookie. Three studies used flirtation with a virtual human to see if this applies in romantic relationships. The hope was these low-risk encounters would lead people to want their current partner even more and thus devalue the appeal of hooking up elsewhere for real. And it did. It acts like a vaccine for cheating. The study is called, get this, Biting the Forbidden Fruit. I don't know if it really works, but I do know I now want a fresh, warm cookie. NFTs were supposed to be a revolution for artists and creatives and creative artists and artists who create things. So how is that panning out? 
Megan DiMatteo at Coindesk took a look at that and found that the opportunity for great things to happen for artists was and still is huge, but it's not exactly coming together easily. Most artists of all kinds don't really have a mastery of intellectual property. They make stuff, get paid a little something one time, then somebody makes a killing off their work forever. Web3 developed a tool to make sure artists could keep earning from their work by using smart contracts. Lifetime royalties would be built into all NFT sales and auto-deliver profits to their crypto wallets. But it turns out building the infrastructure to do that isn't exactly a walk in Paisley Park. About smart contracts? They aren't smart, and they aren't contracts. They're just a bunch of if-then conditions and code that execute on certain endpoints and triggers, and governments don't have to recognize them as legally binding documents. But hold on, you Kelsey Ballerini wannabe, there's another issue. Some NFT marketplaces are trying to make royalties optional to keep fees low and thus attract more buyers. A royalty optional or no royalty model means artists have to keep working themselves to death and creating constant output if they want to eat. Speaking of constant output, that's all we've got for you this week. This is it. This is the week you rate or review this podcast or tell someone about it. And we'll be back next week. Music